0: welcome back to another episode of the educational ad podcast we couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them first thanks to our great diamond sponsor varsity brands including bsn varsity spirit and Hearth Jones, Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also wanna thank our great platinum sponsors, including Gipper Sports Graphics, made incredibly simple. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Let's do it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast today, featuring the FIAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, uh, Kelly Blount. Kelly is a certified athletic administrator. He's the Director of Athletics at Atlantic Coast High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Also uh, very active. Uh, he was a longtime member of the FHSA uh, Section 1 Appeals Board, and he's currently a member of our FIAAA Board of Directors as a District Director. Kelly, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jake.
0: Well, we're excited to uh, hear what's going on in your uh, corner of the state, so let's jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and you know maybe how your love of sports led to a career in athletic administration.
1: Sure. Well, uh, I'm a, uh, a Navy brat, I guess, growing up. Uh, my family is originally from Virginia and uh, from Southeast Virginia. And um, so we moved around quite a bit. I uh, was fortunate uh, to... Uh, to live in some places like Hawaii and uh, and Florida for most of my life. So uh, this is pretty much where we made our home uh, as a family uh, in, in Jacksonville. Um, I went to high school here uh, for the most part. Um, and then after high school and playing uh, football and basketball mostly, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, earn a scholarship to uh, Eastern Kentucky University, where I played football. Uh, uh, played a uh, linebacker uh, uh, for um, uh, Hall of Fame coach Roy Kidd and um, yeah. enjoyed that uh, greatly. Um, the whole time I was in uh, college, I was uh, interning for a bank actually back uh, when I came home during the summers, uh, Barnett Bank, which was a, a big Florida bank at the time. And so my uh, main career path really was uh, uh the finance area my uh, my degree is in economics and then later once i started teaching i got my master's in education leadership but um, when i finished uh, college i um, had one tryout uh, for the pros or actually more of a uh, canadian team tryout Uh, and as i said just one and it was fleeting so uh, i came back and started working in uh, the banking industry i spent um uh, about 12 years in banking, um, managing funds, uh, working with trust accounts, uh, managing IRA accounts, all that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff. And, um, finally I, uh, uh, answered the bug that I had to uh, get into coaching and, uh, started teaching. Uh, I, I went into my, to my high school and said, Hey, I think I want to coach. And, you know, you have any openings, be glad to do anything. And they said, you want to teach? And uh, it was uh, a good timing. And I said, well, I never really thought about that. And um, so I ended up getting to teaching and coaching at that point. Um, So once I Uh, I started teaching.
0: You know, uh, very interesting. I didn't know that uh, aspect. (laughs) Talk about that experience going from, you know, the the business world, as we like to say, the real world. Right. um, And I, I want to pick your brain about IRAs. But, uh, and transitioning into the classroom, uh, you know, how was that? Was it, you know, just very smooth? Were there some speed bumps? Uh, you know, I'm curious.
1: Well, it, it, it was really interesting. In and as I said, I really never considered teaching and, pro- and thought that I would never uh, do that beforehand. Uh, as I said, it was, it was perfect timing because actually it, it was right after... Uh, uh, it was in uh, 2001, which was the uh, the whole 9/11 time, and I had been in a uh, moved to a sales area, and it, it, it and honestly, it wasn't going well. So I, I started thinking I need to find something else to do. I had very young children, and um, I said, hey, you know, maybe if I start teaching, at least I'll have more time with them. You know, summers off. That whole thing where people, you know, talk about having summers off. So uh, as I say, I was fortunate that uh, I was able to to move into that area. And um, I went into started teaching um, uh, ESE as well. So, um, you know, again, somewhat challenging, but uh, you know, the, those opportunities are always available. It seems like, um, and I really, I guess, didn't think it was that much of a transition because I actually had done some training uh, like a, a corporate training a little bit um, when I was working in some of those different areas with the bank as well. So. I, was, I, I wasn't, you know, so worried about standing in front of class and talking to kids and teaching and, and that kind of thing, so.
0: Yeah, sometimes uh, teaching uh, some high school kids is easier than trying to teach uh, adults. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, that's very cool. Uh, you mentioned playing for, you know, Hall of Famer, Roy Kidd. I've actually, you know, been on Eastern Kentucky's campus. What a gorgeous okay. setting that is. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious, who were some of your other, I'm guessing he was probably one, who were some of your other mentors, uh, either teachers or coaches that you might've had growing up or possibly people that you've worked with or worked for? Uh, the expression I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head uh, right. when I'm talking to a kid or a parent or, or something. So whose voice do you still hear?
1: Most definitely. Well, as you mentioned, I mean, Roy Kidd is, is a legend and a, and a Hall of Fame coach. And and very fortunate that uh, a lot of those coaches that that I had on that were on that staff are still are still alive and still around. And, you know, I'm able to go back, uh, you know, for homecoming, those types of things and to still see them. And of course, now with, you know, um, uh, social media, you know, you're able to keep in touch with them. So that's really great because they really did instill uh, a lot of the values that I have about with regard to, you know, hard work and, and, and perseverance. And um, you know, just getting up and expecting to do what you have to do, and be, and doing your part, you know, as a, as a team member, and and to be successful. So you know, those guys, uh, uh, Roy Kidd, Jack Eyes, and Teddy Taylor—names that I just named—but those were coaches that that really had a, a, a big impact on me. Um, also, um, I'm I'm real fortunate. My high school, uh, one of my coaches from high school is the current AD at, at my high school, Joe Reynolds at Fletcher High School. He, he's one of my uh, uh, mentors as well. Uh, honestly, he actually was my uh, kindergarten PE teacher, his first job out of college. And then he was my position coach when I was in high school. And then he was, he, he's the athletic director there now. So uh, he's someone that I, that I lean on you know, for, uh, for guidance as well and, and has been able to uh, uh, be a mentor to me as well.
0: Oh, what a great uh, connection that is to the generations, uh, you know, for for him too, I'm sure, you know, to see, uh, you know, all the things that you've done. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, your current position. Uh, One of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. And uh, I know that, you know, you've been at Atlantic Coast now for a while, you know, had very good success. Um, I'll put you on the spot. You know, what are one or two things that when you look at your department, you look at your coaches, your kids, your school, that you can say uh, with equal parts humility and pride, Mm -hmm. boy, we really do a great job with this. You know, what are a couple best practices uh, at your school that you can share with our listeners?
1: Well, I think uh, the one thing that I try to take pride in is um, our communication um, I feel like that's, that's the best thing, you know, if you're talking about something for young ADs, or, you know, the, the most important thing, it's just that that communication and opening line, that open line of communication, because I, I have a high school son myself. And sometimes I still don't get, you know, the information from him and re- relating to, you know, a team or whatever the case may be. And um, so I, I I know firsthand, you know, what parents are going through when they ask a the, ask you know what time is the game and the kid says I don't know you know or you know do you have practice and you know and I don't know so I think uh just having the open line of communication and and using all the available lines of communication that we have you know when we whether we're putting something out on social media or you know it's uh through the the school's uh, uh news uh or uh whatever newsletter someone's putting out you know those those things that we try to get all that information out there so that we answer all the questions that you have and the questions that you don't know that you have, you know, with regard to, you know, when things are coming up or when things are going to happen in the future and and how they, or how things work, you know? So that, that's one of the things that I think that, um, that I I think that we do a good job of is uh, just having good lines of communication and and getting that information out there.
0: Oh, I I would agree a hundred percent. One of my, um, early bosses that I had, he loved to use the phrase, uh, we need to over communicate, you know, with our parents. And it's it's just so true. So, uh, you know, great stuff. Um, you know, you, uh, you mentioned that you um, didn't have a direct path out of college into, you know, education and being an AD. Um, and so my next question kind of uh, picks up on that. Um, you know, i you know, right out of college. I was teaching, I was coaching, and eventually I became an athletic director. But still, when I came to Florida, uh, I was also at my school, I was the AD and the head football coach. And I think I did a pretty good job as an AD, but I was just so consumed with being a head coach uh, that I didn't bother to get involved with our state association. And once I did, uh, you know, boy, I just took off. Uh, and so I'm curious, you know, uh, not coming from you know, that direct path, how did you hear about and then how did you get involved with the FIAAA and, and maybe talk a little bit about uh, the process of earning your CAA?
1: Well, when I first, uh, I've been with Atlantic Coast for, this is our 11th year as a school. So I, I opened the school and then I uh, was with, uh, at Stanton College Prep for five years. So those are, those are my athletic director years. Uh, then when I started at, at Stanton, um, you know, we have a good group of uh, athletic directors here in our county um, and, you know, got a lot of knowledge there. But um, even coming from the corporate world, I'm, I've always been about getting more education and learning as much as you can and continue to, you know, to grow in your field. So um, when I looked at uh, what was available, I actually, the first FIAA that I went to, uh, I, I told the story at our board meeting. I, I, I don't think I knew anybody there really, and so um, it, was, it was a little scary, but uh, you know, it was an opportunity I felt just to, to meet people uh, around the states. And so again, like I said, just the opportunity to learn, to continue to learn and be a, a lifetime learner uh, is what, what drew me to the FIAAA and, and trying to learn you know, the best practices and, and, and make connections uh, with people around the state.
0: Oh, that's uh, I love to hear those stories. I can still remember the first LTI course I took, and uh, was just completely hooked. Uh, you know, Dan Como, who's still on our board, he you know, was the teacher for that. Uh, Kelly, we've been asking our ads um, all you know summer and now into winter, uh, and for our listeners, we're recording this on February sixteenth. Um, we've been talking to the ads about COVID, and you know we've seen a tremendous range of responses. Um, across the country and even within our own state of Florida. Um, So for our listeners, some of whom are still not doing any sports at all, uh, share what's going on right now in Atlantic Coast and in the Jacksonville area as far as return to play as well as return to school for you guys.
1: Well, it is really, a, as, as everyone knows, it's really, a, I guess, best term would be interesting time. Uh, maybe you can say strange time, weird time, crazy time. I don't know. But I guess interesting time would be the, the best uh, phrase. Um, within our county, uh, Duval County, uh, as I said, we have 17 public high schools. And so we all work together and follow or in one accord with regard to um, you know our return to play and uh, what we call our RTAs. Um, it's interesting because um, sometimes um, there is a, a little bit of a disconnect between uh, the school and athletics with regard to uh, students being out. You know, sometimes we, we don't hear about it until uh, we see that the kid, uh, the student, is not um, you know in their classes anymore, and there's there's uh, a message on our system, uh, you know, of when they can return. Uh, and then sometimes we find out from the kid, from the coach, you know, that you know the such and such has uh, has tested positive or is contact trace, and they're not going to be with us. So, uh, we, we're learning to work that two way street uh, between uh, the, the the school and front office and administration and athletics with regard to you know um, tracking and keeping track of who who's coming and going. Basically, um, you know, right before the holidays, it seemed like we had a, a, a quite a few. Uh, kids that were that were going out for for contact tracing um so now that we've returned um with us with the spring practices starting up it hasn't really uh it, it actually seems like it's, it's tailed off some uh which is i i guess the way it's supposed to be because now we're we're outside doing outside sports more so than than the inside basketballs and um uh, wrestling uh, and weightlifting. so um it's as it's, it's just been an interesting time. Um, we we try to again keep everyone abreast of what the situations are uh, with regard to um, playing games and, and coming to practice, um, and you know and letting people know that just because um, you know someone tests positive does not necessarily mean you know everything is shut down. Um, and then also on the other side there or another side of it is the whole uh, issue with um, HIPAA and you know, what you can say and can't say and, and, and learning and teaching uh, or learning and, and explaining to our coaches, you know, what they can and can't say uh, with regard to, uh, you know, when someone is out or when, when we have a, uh, what we call a COVID situation, I guess. Um, so all of that has been, you know, again, one of those things where we're doing a whole lot more than we thought we ever would, especially in this, in this area.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, you mentioned HIPAA and, you um... Yeah, we obviously, you know, we, we try to follow those those rules, but I would guess on any given high school campus on a given day, there's probably, you know, a dozen or more HIPAA violations. <laughs> well, it's uh, funny you say that. Unintentionally, yes. but, yeah, uh, oh and, my and
1: We have parents uh, that ask questions all the time about, you know, well, should we do this or should we do that? Or I heard this. And the, the, the truth of the matter is quite often they know more than we know because usually a kid, you know test positive or is contact tracing or it's going to miss and they get on social media right away and tell all the friends and the teammates so you know quite often as I said the, the parents know more than I know uh because they're getting more they're getting information directly from their kid or or, or or their friends so um you know it's a little frustrating sometimes with that and they get frustrated because then they call us and I and as I said I tell them well again you know more than I know and I you can say more than I can say so um you know, we have to work through those issues.
0: We got to teach those parents to (laughs) over-communicate. Yeah. Um, From a a home game management standpoint, uh, share a little bit, uh, how did you deal with fans for fall and winter? And how do you anticipate uh, dealing with fans uh, for the spring sports? I know you've got a full schedule of uh, uh, teams for spring.
1: So, uh, the, the fall actually uh, went pretty well. And I think that the good part was with, with the fall, obviously you, you, our, our home events were only football and volleyball. Uh, we don't swim on campus or anything like that. Um, but for the fall, so that kind of gave us a chance to, to, um, to, to get into the right step, get in the right mode um, with um, limited numbers, you know, the, our uh, capacity limitations which we started out at, I think we started out at 30%, and then uh, we actually went up to 40%. And that's where we are officially, I think at this point is 40%. Um, of course, with a lot of our sports, um, that was never an issue, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, only only football really was that uh, a major issue and maybe one or two basketball games, um, but, uh, so that wasn't, uh, that, that was a, a, a learning process as well. But I think one of the, or the best thing that happened to us uh, as a result of all of this is that we went to um, online ticketing. And um, I felt like that, I personally felt like we weren't gonna get to that anytime soon um, because of uh, various roadblocks. Uh, but with with the, uh, the COVID situation, I think that that, uh, was a requirement as is most places now. And that, and again, that, that was the best thing that happened to us uh, because now it is such a uh, flawless and seamless uh, process uh, that I don't know how we went without it. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I've heard that so often uh, on these interviews about how much online ticketing has been a benefit. Uh, and we, we switched over this year too at, at my school and just, you know, not having to dig out cash boxes and and just, you're right. Since one of those the unexpected that's <laughs> consequences, it was actually a good one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Kelly, uh, I've also been asking the athletic directors uh, since we started these back in um, late June. Uh, this question uh, that kind of revolves around, you know, social awareness, social justice, and uh, my, my question has been this: How can we as athletic administrators do better? In this area, how can we do a better job with our kids, our coaches, our families?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I was thinking about that earlier, and I think that um, the main thing is that again, listening uh, listening to our athletes and uh, and what they are what they're saying, what they're talking about, and and then um, sharing our experiences and being able to um, to turn it into teaching uh, opportunities um, where where we can um, you know really drive home the points of, uh, you know, doing, doing what's right and saying what's right. Um, I, you know I, I, one of the things, one of the things that I always believe is that it, it's always the right time to do what's right, something like that. So you know <laughs> that's, that's kind of uh, how I try to try to live in that, you know, it's it's always the right time to to do the right thing. So I think you know when we when we open up and share and and listen uh, to our athletes and to and to everyone, um, then um, it makes for a better situation all around.
0: Uh, and I really appreciate you sharing. Have you folks you know done anything at Atlantic you know with say student leaders or, or coaches or both? Uh, you know, the last year or so um, to you know maybe get these conversations going. Did you already have something in place?
1: Well, uh, well, actually, it's in, as you said, based on you know the time that we're, we're we're doing this now. We've had some issues that have come up in our county uh, uh, the past week, actually, with regard to uh, some some student uh, protests and some uh, some student um, feeling that they have they weren't being heard. Um, so we are and then I've talked with uh, one of, actually one of my coaches came up uh recently and uh mentioned to me about starting a uh like a captain's club um which is something that I've thought about for a while and have looked into but um we just haven't had the opportunity to uh, or haven't taken the opportunity I guess to 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 really move that forward so I think this is a good time that we can get those captains to uh, together and step up and to be leaders and uh, give them the voice to um, to to be bet- to become better leaders, uh, you know, to their to the team and to the student body in general.
0: And there is your uh, CMA project right there, <laughs> telling the story of how you uh, uh, put that together. Okay, great timing. <laughs> uh, we'll lighten things up a little bit. Um, you know, I always ask, you know, what's your favorite part of the job, and I'm sure, like. of our athletic directors have already said, oh, it's the kids. And so, yeah, of course you love the kids. Uh, But what are some other things that you enjoy most about coming to work each day at Atlantic?
1: Well, it's funny you say that because um, my wife has said for years that uh, she's still in the corporate world. And uh, she is amazed sometimes, I think, at how I'm excited to go to work every day. You know, high school starts early in the morning in most places and does here. And, you know, to to get up and, and to be so... Uh, uh, peppy, I guess, to, to to go in the morning. But what I always tell people is that I I basically get to go to games for a living, <laughs> and you know there are as I tell you there are a lot worse places to be. But you know as a person who has played sports all my life, um, again I can't imagine you know a better place to be than you know to be going to a a baseball game or uh, you know going to any type of uh, of our team events um you know in the evening to me that that doesn't bother me one bit you know and and I'd rather be doing that than than sitting somewhere else in an office or, or doing whatever else so I mean that that's one of the things is just you know you get to go to athletic events and you know when you experience uh you know the successes uh of your teams with them uh you know that's the best part is you know just to see kids um you know uh, work hard and and for them to get the payoff when they do or to see their faces or even or even more so is just when they they say thank you you know for a lot for making something happen or allowing it to you know to to happen whether it's you know a game that they didn't think was going to get played or if they or if they're successful and make it so far or or even just the the possibility or the uh, the opportunity for them to be on the team, you know, a lot of, sometimes, uh, again, those are the best ones where kids just say, Hey, thanks for, you know, we didn't think we were going to have a team this year, or, you know, I didn't think, you know, I was gonna make the team this year. And whether, again, whether they were the the star or, or the last one on the bench, you know, just for them to say, thank you, you know, for being able to be there. That to me, that's the best part.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, you mentioned earlier, Um, You know, we get to go to work. We're paid to go to those games and sit out and watch a softball game or a track meet. And then uh, those, um, I will not say rare, but those, uh, those kid thank yous. Hey, thanks for coming to the game. You know, thanks for cheering for us. Boy, that, that means uh, almost as much as the money. Right. (laughs) Well, Kelly, this has been great catching up. Uh, You you and I spent some time together on the uh, Section 1 Appeals Board. Got to hear some stories there, but we're not quite done. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always like to wrap up with what we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox. Um, My task for you right now is you're sending out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things? Are going to go in Kelly Blunt's athletic director toolbox?
1: Um, they've got to use technology, which I, at this time for us, you know, is, is our athletic clearance. Uh, to me, that's again one of the uh, godsends for us is that, you know, having all our paperwork online and for people to be able to go in and re- quote them, basically register, you know, and do all the paperwork. And, um and and get all of their uh, eligibility stuff done right there to me that that's that's a huge one uh, that's right up there with ticketing almost <laughs> um, as far as something that uh, they should they should utilize um, just to um, to alleviate themselves of you know having to have all that that paperwork in hand and to be collecting that kind of stuff and be keeping track of it um, it's something is one of the things that they should use um, the second thing I guess would be, um, to uh, to use the the resource that they have in other athletic directors, um, you know, we had, none of us are, uh, are some of some of the really smart ones, I guess, are creating new stuff. But most of us are are using uh, old stuff and stealing stuff, like you should, you know, in any profession when you when you find a better way to do something. Um, and so to to use those connections, there there are a handful of athletic directors that I talk to almost every day, um, back and forth, where. You know, we're calling each other and saying, hey, how do you do this? What, what's that? You know, because you just can't you just can't keep everything up here, um, you know, and you, you can't get to your desk all the time and, and everything. So just to have to use their resources um, with with the other athletic directors. Um, and then the last thing, I don't, I don't know if this necessarily qualifies, but the one thing that I've found is really important and is vital to my survival is. Is to protect my principal, <laughs> and I, I feel like that's where the athletic director, one of their major jobs, is to protect your principal. And if and when you do that, you're typically going to have a really good relationship with them and support from them uh, to you know not not allow there to be uh, surprises for them, and uh, you know uh, to to keep uh, some of the uh, issues away from them. Um, um, but that's what I thought from the beginning is that my job is to uh, to, to be my my principal's uh, right hand or, or have their back or however you want to say it.
0: Oh, great, great advice. Okay, uh, use all the technology available, network with those Step. ADs in your area and your state and, and never forget your job is to keep problems off your principal's desk, okay? Step. And if a problem comes up, give them a heads up. <laughs>
1: almost oh, always. I, I, I've i I've heard some principals say that they don't tell print their or some ad say they don't tell their principals some things. And I, to me, that is kind of surprising. You know, if it, if it's if it's worthwhile, it's worth telling. So.
0: Oh, a- absolutely. A- it pays dividends. You know, far beyond what you can imagine. Great advice, Kelly Bunt. Thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it.
0: Oh well, we, we we're glad to have it. Uh, To our listeners, remember, the Zoom recordings are also being uploaded to the FIAA Educational AD podcast uh, channel. And uh, until our next episode, uh, come back again. Hope you all have a great day.